0: Welcome to the Six Time Out. I, I am here once again giving you guys the full insight of how I feel about sports news, today's news, any news. It really don't matter. I'm here to give you my opinion and come at you with a different angle from all the other big-time sportscasters. So news has just broke that Aaron Rodgers has signed the largest deal in NFL history, and what I'm saying is that's great. That's beautiful. He lowered the cap. Excellent. Expectations is they're going to franchise tag uh, Devontae Adams. Now the thing is let's see how the Packers can build around this situation. But my thing is the investment is only good for one person, and to me that's Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers, within this investment, does not get to a Super Bowl and win it, This is a bad investment. I do not care. And I believe the fans do not care about anything but winning the Super Bowl ring. So to set yourself up financially for the rest of your life, that's a great thing. To to not take any pay cuts, more props to you. But the point being is, now that you got this money, what are you going to do on the field? Because if you go out now and you pull the same thing out, You've this upcoming season. Now you're a $50 million player that can't show up in big moments. He was either going to leave or stay. And he was leaning on staying because there's no way he was going to go to the AFC. I guarantee that. It was just too many elite quarterbacks over there. And he just would have wasted his years. He would have been competing at a high level, but he would have been wasting his years. Let's keep it 100, guys. This is ridiculous. To pay a player, 38 years old, whether he got the MVP or not, who has not performed in the biggest stage. But again, I'm going to fall back, congratulate the man for getting his money. Let's see how that translates to the Packers being able to get to the Super Bowl and win. I'm very interested to see how they're going to be able to get all the pieces they need to get. It's a blessing that they have a lot of their players under contract, but you still need to get some key people in place in order to be successful. Let's remember, Aaron Rodgers, so-called, didn't have any confidence in his receivers in that NFC game against San Francisco. That's why he threw a ball to a double-covered receiver, Adams, instead of throwing to, uh forgot the uh, receiver's name, man, uh, Lazard who was wide open, <laughs> he just refused to throw the ball to him, even though that was the best option. So you got a quarterback that had all the, had all the faith in the world and um, the receivers in the regular season, but if a receiver drop a ball or two, yeah, he just loses faith. So it's very interesting to see, man, if there's going to be another situation where – it was uh, Aaron Rod, uh, Brett Favre in his early years, where all he did was throw to uh Sterling Sharp, no matter if he was double covered. So I'm not going to dwell on the Aaron situation too much. I'm going to let that situation just ride out into the sunset. And as they say, I'm going to sit back in the sunset and observe and see if this investment that they invested in this uh quarterback actually pans out. Congratulations to Aaron. Um, And we'll see how things go. So other than that, I'm going to move forward and just start talking about other topics that's going on. You know, I heard that um, Russell Westbrook's uh, wife has been receiving death threats in Los Angeles, uh, which is just, it's foolery. (laughs) You know, what are you doing that for? You're doing that for when you first got Russell Westbrook. You guys were excited. Most of you guys were. The most people with basketball IQs and see how, you know, pieces work already knew it It wasn't a great fit. But the excitement of having a MVP player, a triple double machine on your team and to see how it worked, because either it can work out or, or it won't, was enticing. And now that the piece of, uh, the puzzle is not fitting in the, the spot and you couldn't force it in, now you want to harm his family. You know, and like I said, it's just in the end, it's sports, man. It's sports. You can't get mad at somebody and threaten a life because they're not playing the way you want, want him to play. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And that's what any team. That's what anybody. Look at look at look at the Lakers team that put all those Hall of Fame players together. You guys just just knew y'all was going to win a championship, and it didn't work out. A lot of things happened within that situation, but it didn't work out. Charles Barkley linked up with uh, Clyde uh, Drexler uh, uh, and Akeem Olajuwon. I think it was Scottie Pippen, one of the two. And tried to uh, cheat a championship in Houston past their primes. And Barkley was like a year or two too late. Same with Scotty. You know, so sometimes you put things together, it looks good on paper, but it just don't pan out. And that's just how the ball bounces sometimes. That's just how the ball bounces sometimes. Let's hop on them Chicago Bulls right now, the number one seed at this moment in the East. What the hell is that? And if you telling me everything that glitter ain't gold, Chicago Bulls haven't even beat the top teams in the East. I mean, <laughs> wow, you talking about looking like a fraud. At this moment, and, you know, I'm a I'm a let the playoffs go type of guy. But, hey, man, going into the playoffs, not having confidence, not beating your rivals, going on long losing streaks, having a player like DeMar Rosens that's playing at the elite level. They have a very good team over there. But it's like, man, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You a number one seed and you're not dominating or at least winning against the top teams, breaking even. It just looks, it looks suspect, man. It looked very suspect. So Chicago got to figure that out. They got to figure things out As I'm sitting here looking like, man, I can't believe that. Like, wow, I just cannot believe that. But they most definitely got to figure things out because all the other teams, man, you know, they losing, but they not losing like that. A lot of them teams ain't going on three, four game losing streaks. They'll win one, lose one. You know, win two, lose one. You know, the Bulls, mm -mm. that's not going to cut it, man. That's not going to cut it. Because if you mess around and slip down and you a number one seed and you got to take on the Nets. And if the Nets got Kyrie and if the Nets and Kyrie is able to, uh, along with Ben Simmons and Kyrie is able to actually play. In all the games? Hmm. Yeah. That's going to be another Seattle supersonic Denver Nuggets situation. I can smell it. And it ain't smelling too good, man. It is not smelling too good. They got to get it together, man. They got to get it together. You want to go into the playoffs on a high note. Okay? On a high note you're like, you're going to be a victim. You know, you're going to be a victim. And it's going to be the tarantula going to snatch the life out of you and leave you slumped. That's a fact. Because if you go up against the Nets, and the Nets is rolling, you know, I know you got to play the game, but... <laughs> yeah. you in some trouble. I'm sitting there watching the, the Joker... Game. Watching Isaiah Thomas give him all the praise in the world about what he's doing, how it's just amazing, historic. I man, all that crap don't matter. All that crap do not matter. The man need to do this in the playoffs. All the bigs, the great bigs, Shaq, Kareem, Wilt, all them showed out in the playoffs. Akeem Olajuwon, all that historic number stuff don't mean nothing. Moses Malone don't mean a dang thing. So Isaiah can pump it up and everybody can pump it up all they want. When Giannis got into the playoffs, when they talked about that man, how he not showing up in big moments and he got in that playoffs and did what he did, hit clutch shots, hit free throws, dominated the game, put the team on his shoulders to win that championship against the Phoenix Suns. Now that's what I'm talking about because if he would have lost that game, Man, they was all they already hate on the Greek freak. They already hate on him. They don't want to see him succeed. There's always something they gotta say, even when he's successful. Even when he's successful. So I don't want to hear that about Djokovic. I like him. Yeah, he's nice. But when you get in that Western conference and you start playing, let me see him lead his team to a... Uh, NBA championship or get to the at least get to the finals. Let me see that. Let me see that. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see all these regular season stats, all this praising. Because if you don't get it done, it's just a regular another regular season with a possible MVP and early exit out of the uh, playoffs again. So that I mean that's why I don't get too gaga, man, with that. And like I say, all these greats, man, they they know better than everybody though. So. They know better than everybody. That's why they're able to say it. You know, I'm just a peon. Uh, I'm somebody that ain't played at that type of level. I'm just giving an opinion and I'm trying to be fair. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not riding coattails. I, I, I witness and I see greatness, but I, I look for more than that. As a fan, you look for more than that. You look for the, what makes a person a legend and a folk hero is something that's amazing. Like Dirt Nowinski beating Going against the Heatles and elevating and winning the championship. Beautiful. Capping off his career. Capping off his career. Beautiful. That's what I'm looking for. I ain't looking for all that other stuff. Flying dunks, backwards dunks. Oh, he oh, oh, he flowing. He he had his uh uh, leg over his shoulder. Oh, he took off from the dotted. What does that get you? But a highlight reel. Oh, it, it it pumps you up, yeah. Let's see if that happens in the playoffs. Now, if you're doing all that in the playoffs and leading your way to the championship, that's a different story. DeAndre Ayton last year was a, a, a integral part, along, along with, of course, we know Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but that, that, that young man was having a hell of a game, hell of a series, dominating, until he met Giannis. He met a transcending player, and he looked all the part of a player – that didn't know what to do with him, just like everybody else in the league. But he got criticized. Phoenix waffled on giving him an extension off a game against Giannis. Really? Really? Dude. That's like, let me think of a player. Because you're talking about a transcending player Aiden is going up against. He's an up-and-coming player. And what did you expect for him to do? Shut him down? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's like you expecting Byron Russell to shut down Michael Jordan. We see what the crossover and the jump shot did to him. (laughs) Okay. Stop it, man. Stop it. Come on, man. Let's not, let's not, let's not be foolish. Okay? Let's let's hold the playoffs and the road to the championship as the most important thing, please. I'm begging you. I love watching highlights. It's just the butt kissing of some of these players. Oh, at a historic proportion. I mean, oh my God, it just man. Say that once the job is complete. These players are in the beginning of their journey. They're not even close to sniffing a ring. So they can get all the regular season glory. Giannis is a Mamba mentality player. He's looking for rings and ships. He don't care where they're at in the seating. He don't care what anybody on the sports radio is, is saying. He don't care his big perk is on his is riding with him one one minute and then once he sniffs somebody else that's doing better on, on another team or another team looking better, he'll ride with that team and 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 ride off the wagon of the Bucks. That's what he did all last year. Until he had to retract his statements and apologize. He back doing it again. He has no loyalty. He picks and chooses whoever he wants. See. I stick with a pick, you stay with a pick. You ride the wave. But he's doing his job. He's a sports analyst. He's doing his job. He's flipping and flopping. That's entertainment. One thing I give about Charles Barkley, he's stuck with the Bucks, <laughs> Even though he was really giving it, giving it to them. Especially Bud- Budenhauser, Beavis and Butthead, you know. Because he was about to lose his job if they didn't win a championship, I can I I smelt that one like a dog smelling drugs. That man was finna lose his job, and he all but but better thank he all but better thank Giannis for having an outer body experience in that moment that led them to that championship. And it's beautiful to see Chris Middleton come out of that Robin mode. Chris Middleton used to be Robin. But when they had that in the bubble against Miami, even though they lost, and what Chris, Chris Middleton did when Giannis was out, he shedded the Robin and became Batman. Giannis shedded Batman and became Superman. Now they a the dynamic duo of super friends, Batman and Superman. And I'm loving it. And I'm loving it. And I'm very happy for Middleton because I used to always have something to say about Chris not showing up in the big moments. But it's just as much as you're saying it, he was hard on himself as well. And he always admitted it. He had a problem with that as well. He had to show up, especially with the financial uh, commitment the Bucks made to him. He's obligated to get better and to improve and to help lead and just pick up the slack when Giannis is struggling that's his job and he takes it seriously. It ain't no old hum or it ain't no hey it's just a game. It ain't no well hey you win some you lose some. No. I'm trying to win. It's not acceptable to make that kind of statement. But let me jump ship real quick and get off that topic and let me jump on the Calvin Ridley topic. You know, and once again my favorite host uh for ESPN how he props up and how he how he, how he brings down at the same time as far as you know saying you know talking about Calvin Ridley and him betting 1500 against his team and Stephen A made made a good point but you know you get you go over the top when you want to just, oh, man, you know, you are you how, how how you're not that smart. to And you knew all the rules. OK, we get that. We get all that. But it's just as simple as this. Look, he betted on his team. He under knew, He understood the consequences. He got caught. He made a mistake. That's that. But now you're going to sit there and suspend him for a whole year. Not for, not for him beating on a woman. Not him uh, 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 molesting or, 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 or doing anything that's egregious, as uh, Mr. Smith would say. But for simply going to a machine, giving your money, and making a bet. We don't know if he talked to players. Atlanta was weak. I don't know if they was fixing the score. Or everybody would have to be in on that. Depending on what type of bet it is. So I'm not going to sit here and berate Calvin Ridley, a young man who made a mistake. But that's life. We all know rules in life. Everyone breaks it and everyone try to get away with it. It's when you get caught. When you get caught, it's when you got to own up to the mistake. It's people out here that run red lights, driving without driver's license, no tags on the car. They know they don't have the tags on their car. They know they don't supposed to be running no red lights. But you know what it is? They do it until they get caught. He got caught. And it don't matter that it's him betting on his own team. He just made a bet. To me, it's not a big deal. You know why it's not a big deal? Because when he was making the bet, he knew if he got caught, he was gonna be suspended. He got caught, he got suspended, it's over. He wasn't naive to it. He decided to make a decision. He's a grown man, he admitted to decision. They suspend him for a year. He didn't do anything or say anything to try to fight that. Because he already knew. So it's no read, no reason to get on top of him. It's no reason to add more to that or talk about how he not didn't make any sense or how smart is that. No, man. It ain't about being smart or dumb. Sometimes people just try to see if they can get away with things. And some people have to understand when you do that type of have that type of mentality, you deal with the consequences that come with it. That's grown-up stuff right there. So it's no need to prop up and shoot down. Just be a straight shooter. Give a definite answer and be done with it. That's the easy way to handle a situation like that. The co-host made a great point in which you abuse a woman or you do anything that's egregious, you only get six games. I mean, think about that. Beating a woman, punching her. Where she has bruises, you only suspended six games. But betting, anything that deal with money is more important than a human life. That's basically what they're telling you when they do stuff like that. Betting on your team. Now, you were better off beating up your girlfriend. Because you would have been able to play at least 12 of the games. That's basically what they're saying. It's just sad, pathetic. It's a joke. (laughs) It's a joke, man, but it's funny. It ain't funny in the sense about the situation or about any abuse or anything like that. It's funny that we already know this is what the NFL do. It's always M.O.B. Or let me rephrase it. M.O.P. Money over players. All day. So let me uh, jump off of that and let me crisscross the world, guys, because that's what I do. I'm all over the place. Let me crisscross and I'm about to crisscross into baseball. Oh, my God, what a mess that is. What a mess that is. And the sad thing about it is the disrespect that the MLB have for their fans. Greed is no joke, man greed is no joke it's just unbelievable man everything comes down to to fairness money these are people that are already wealthy 10 times over man it's not hard y'all get to the table y'all figure something out even if it's just set something up just for this year push it back and come back to the table next year y'all need the season to start The pandemic took a lot out of everybody. People want to feel normal again. They don't want to hear about millionaires and billionaires complaining when people are out here struggling to survive. Why these gas prices go up. Why food prices go up. Some people need a relief and sometimes the relief is going to a baseball game, taking your kid, getting some popcorn, being able to smile. Because when you go back home, you might be sad or you might be going through something. Baseball does that for a lot of people And they don't realize that They need to do something to make the game exciting Speeding up the clock for the pitchers Where they can't sit there Like you in a California On a California highway As you move every 10 minutes The pitcher shouldn't be allowed to sit up there And take a nap Get up Make a sandwich, have a drink, and then come back and pitch the ball. The hell? Get up there, have your mind made up, and pitch the damn ball. The hell you waiting for? By the time you get done fucking pitching, the game start at 1. By the time he get done pitching, it's 5 o'clock. That's how long these guys take on the mound. Just pitch, man. Speed the game up. There's no need for you to do all that. When you're talking to your catcher, he gives you the signals, you say yes or no, you figure it out, and you pitch the ball. It shouldn't take no more than 15 seconds. 20 seconds is too long. If you do 15 seconds counting by one one thousand, two one thousand, that's a lot of time, bro. In actuality, you shouldn't even need that much time. And I'm gonna be controversial right here. Okay, but I'm gonna keep it one hundred the most exciting time in baseball was the steroid era. The most exciting time in baseball history, unfortunately, was the steroid era. The Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, home run battle, that was a sight to behold. Barry Bonds, Destroying balls. That was a sight to behold. Baseball now. (laughs) It sucks. Everything is down. Home runs. The excitement. It's just. It's boring. It's just boring. It's not exciting anymore. And that's why I say. Just legalize some performing Hanson's drugs you know legalize you know do testing do something where these players can use some type of enhancement to strengthen their body and I know it's going to be controversial me saying that but what else can you do and if you're not going to do that then juice up the ball get that ball where it's popping where it's popping out the off the, off the bat because baseball right now is five hours that's what it seemed like by the time you get done with that by the time you get home three hours later it's time for you to go to work that's how long baseball is by the time the game is over by the time you make it back to the house because it's gonna take you a billion hours to get out the stadium because you got a hundred million people trying to get to the car and grab to the highway. By the time you do all that, by the time you lay down, take a shower, put your kids up, you're getting up going to work with bags un- under your eyes, looking like a raccoon. You hear me? <laughs> so baseball just need to make some changes, man. You know, I don't, I don't want them to do illegal drugs. But I'm just saying, what can you do to figure out how to get the baseball game back exciting again? Learn how to market your players. Man, stop with the uh, 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 missing out on. These teams should be able to play every team in Major League Baseball, every team. The Milwaukee Brewers should be able to play the Yankees and Boston Celtics, not every five years, every year. Every team should be able to play every team at least once or twice. That's exciting. To get players to come to a stadium that, or a team to come to the stadium that you've never seen before. That's exciting. Yeah, but baseball, man, oh, my God. They suck. They really do. And hopefully they can do something about it, man. I, you know, they're, 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 I just think they need to get a young commissioner, Somebody is that's in tune with the players, maybe a former player that can get in there and just put a different spin on the game without hurting the game. You know, and I I know I was talking crazy about steroids, but no, I don't I don't want to be I don't want it to be anything where you're going to cheat, cheat the game. But I do want it to be a situation where you can do something to get the excitement back in the game. That's that's what I want to see, because it's needed. I'm not, I don't like baseball. The only time I watch baseball is when I put on ESPN and I watch the highlights. I guess that's the ex- most exciting I get. And the playoffs. And the playoffs. That's it. But during the season, oh my God, man. Man, dog, that's a snail season, bro. Snail. Oh my God. Best thing about going to the stadium is looking at the women. I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's sad. I should be watching the game. I shouldn't be watching women. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But I'm just keeping it 100. It can't even keep me focused, man. You got to keep me focused. I shouldn't be looking all over the place. I need to be watching the game. Let me fly, get back on my plane and fly back to basketball. Because I want to jump back on the... The new favorite now, which is uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Now I'm hearing the sportscaster say, oh, this is the most potent combination in the league right now. James Sloppy Harden. I'm sorry. I love James Harden. Great player, but he's not in the best condition. Who just was with the Nets that showed no passion no dedication to stay with the team and to win because he wanted to get out of there and he did his thing to get out of there. Now he's over with Embiid and now it's, he's rejuvenated. He's shedded the weight. And now they're playing as the best combination in the league right now. I call that hogwash. This is the regular season. Who cares? Of course they're going to do that. Ain't nobody playing to strategize for one game. One game? So what? It's a different story when you get into the playoffs. And you can actually set up plays to play against a team because you got a seven-game series. So believe me, teams will strategize and figure out ways to shut down one of those players. And the most likely victim is James Harden. Why? Because he's the one that shrinks in the playoffs. You ain't stopping him, Embiid. But you most definitely can stop or slow down James Harden. We know that to be true because we witnessed it. Like the second coming of a scrub. And I hate to use that word. Because... You turn into a scrub in the postseason, and you are a god in the regular season. That's backwards. And James Harden is not a scrub. But he just doesn't perform in the postseason. That's what I'm visually seeing. I'm not knocking his game. Who am I to say what his heart is? I, ju- I just can only go what I see. If a pa- if a fat person telling me they're on a diet, but every time I see them, they're stuffing their face with double cheeseburgers and sodas and milkshakes, I hear you say that you're on a diet. But I see you eating food that makes you fat. I watch James Harden kill in the regular season. But in the playoffs, I see him not do the same thing. So with your eyes, you go by what your eyes are seeing. That's a fair criticism. And let me draw back. That's an accurate criticism because everyone has said it. Everyone has said it. Even basketball experts have said it. Philadelphia is not the team to beat in the East. They are the flavor of the month until the playoff start. The team to always beat is always going to be the defending champions. Always. And like I said before, right now, Philadelphia is number two, Miami number one, the Bucks is number three. Previous to that, you know, Chicago was number one, but like I said, they keep losing. So them guys are not, the, the separation between, I think, four and one is like maybe two games. It's ridiculous. But if Philly jumped to number one, and Brooklyn jumps to number uh, number 8. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a game to see because uh we all know Brooklyn fully healthy is not a number 8. And of course, James Harden always looks like that when he's happy. Step back jumper. He's a good passer. We know that already. Now you got Embiid. What does that mean? If you ain't got the pieces around you, that's always gonna that's gonna also contribute on a consistent basis. I'll take sixty from uh, from Embiid and Harden. I'ma focus on the other players. I'ma make Maxi have to throw throw up twenty because if I can shut shut uh, the rest of the team down, let uh, Harden and them they gonna get let them get their points. Make a little hard for him. I'm not worried about Philadelphia. Not worried about Philadelphia. Because in the playoffs, this game planning, man. Come on, man. Stop with the glorified regular season. Stop with the best one-two combination that you didn't seen. Man, stop it, man. Okay? Stop it. And I ain't being biased. Not at all. I'm just saying this is the regular season. They're looking good right now. Not, they have not played for a whole season. They look good right now. It's not hard to play with Embiid. It's easy. Throw him the ball. He'll do the rest. And then when you got a potent shooting guard like James Harden, of course it looks potent right now. Is it going to look like that in the playoffs? Because they have to maintain that level in the playoffs. The playoffs, the referees don't have a a light whistle. Harden ain't finna get his fouls. They ain't going for all that flopping. He couldn't even do that. And with the Nets, when he was, when he had to be the man, because that's what he liked to be, because when he was in Houston, he was the man. He couldn't even be the James Harden with the Nets when KD was hurt and Kyrie wasn't there like he was in Houston. He was complaining. He didn't want to be there. The effort left. Just imagine if Kobe was on his team and he was doing that. Kobe got out. Kobe got at a 7-foot-1, 330-pound man and got in his face about laziness. Man, him and James Harden would be boxing in the middle of the floor. (laughs) That's what what, uh, Kobe would be doing while he's stinging him in that beard. (laughs) You know? But let me fly off to the NFL Combine and, you know, I just want to Say, man, you talk about trouting players out and seeing elite athletes. Man, it's a lot of pickings out there. It's a lot of pickings out there. I seen a big six six three hundred and fifty or sixty pound man run a four seven. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, guys. Man, it's just loaded, man. You have an opportunity. Teams have opportunity. A lot of good defensive players, uh, linebackers, solid defensive ends, receivers, corners. If you're looking to replenish, make some cuts, you got an opportunity to draft a player. If they can go to the right team that's going to take the time to develop them, it can be a diamond in the rough another Jamar Chase type situation with the receivers are out here. You know, so man, it's just exciting to see. It's just exciting to see, man. And I, 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 I enjoy looking at the highlights. I didn't see, I didn't watch it per se. I just seen the highlights and I was just amazed by, you know, you're always amazed because we already know this the best of the best, but, Wow, to just see a guy that a guy that big—I think it's, uh, it's not, his his last name is Davis—for he played for Georgia. Just to see a guy move like that is scary, and he's strong, and he know how to use his weight. Man, that's nasty. That's nasty. It's gonna be very interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to fly back and I'm going to end on this note right here. Ben Simmons coming to Philadelphia to play uh, the 76ers, but he won't be playing. He'll be having a seat and he'll be watching. But for the life of me, I was listening to to commentators say, if he don't play in this game, he looks mentally weak. Think about what, what these sports personalities and players are saying. He needs to play in this game or he looks mentally weak. Hmm. So planning this game, if he don't play, then he's going to be mentally weak moving forward and he's not going to be mentally able to play against Philly when they play each other if he don't get this game and get this monkey off his back. That's what they're saying. He got him. Oh, he just, it's a roadblock for him. Listen to how dumb that sound. you basically saying a grown man who's already proven he can play in the league and got the skills. He was just unhappy in the situation. And it's a bias again. It's favoritism. See, James Harden can pull that stuff. You don't see them call him mentally weak. But when Ben Simmons does it, he's mentally weak. He just did it in a different way. He felt the team didn't support him, and he felt it was a toxic environment, so he did what he had to do to get out of there. James Harden pretty much did the same thing, but he's not getting called names. Not like mentally weak. He may be called, oh man, he's lazy. He always pick up weight and don't play hard when he don't want to be with a team. Ben Simmons, every time I watched him, he played hard. The passion to play for that team left. That's what happened. He wanted to be somewhere where he's appreciated. And they're not going to be judging him off every missed shot. Or whatever shot he don't take. People don't understand the job of a coach is to build confidence and to, exp- to Im- inspire through the ups and downs. Even the lowest of the lows. And Philadelphia did that. Until they didn't do it no more in his eyes. Ben Simmons, I believe, is going to be better than ever. Because he's in a good environment. Kevin Durant, the Nets. It's an environment that's not Philly. You dealing with a good player in Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie is Kyrie. And he gets bashed for his vaccine beliefs, but he can't get bashed about his basketball game. Well, Kyrie hasn't led. No, he hasn't individually led a team by himself, but he was a piece that won a championship where without him, they wouldn't have won. Just like without LeBron and with just him, they wouldn't have won. They both was needed. And Kyrie hit shots that LeBron probably couldn't hit on a consistent basis, like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Kyrie is a deadly jump shooter with a God handles. We already know what LeBron is. Ben Simmons got all the tools but a jumper. But he has to be in an environment and be willing to go through the grind of getting better at shooting jumpers. He might be at a state, a mile where he's at now, where he's young. And that's no excuse. Everybody has different passions. Maybe it'll click here with the the Brooklyn Nets, you know, where it didn't click in Philly. Maybe he'll take this experience and say, you know what? I'm too good to be wasting my talent. I'm looking at a player like Giannis that was pretty much just like me. No jumper, everything else. And Giannis comes back with a jump shot, 20 pounds of muscle, inside-outside game, can hit an open three, and now he's the best player in the league. Giannis, the Greek god. And I think Ben, when he does put it all together, he's going to be the steal. Because he does something that James Harden doesn't do. Play defense. Defend all positions on the floor. We're talking about a 6'10", multi-talented player. They got the better of the deal. We already know what James Harden is. He's a scorer, a facilitator, and he's a slouch on defense. Period. So when Ben Simmons is ready to come back and play, When the Nets feel he's ready to come back and play. Then that's when he's going to come back and play. Long as he got the backing of his team, it don't matter what nobody says. Who cares? Who cares? What anybody have to say? And he ain't got to play against no Nets to prove that he mentally can get over. He a hooper. Man, ain't no hooper. Man, he's a hooper. He did what he had to do, just like James Harden. James Harden ain't got no roadblocks when he go up against the Nets because he didn't want to be there. Ben Simmons, when he meet them in the playoffs, ain't going to have no roadblocks when he do whatever he's going to do playing against them in the game. And I believe a lot of, I believe what they're doing now is they're killing the narrative, and I'll do it too, man. They're killing that narrative with him coming into town and playing against his old team. Man, we're going to dead that narrative. We're going to dead that right away. Ben, you're going to sit this game. We don't know. Ben probably wanted to play. You don't know. We don't know. We, we ain't got the inside scoop. Ben probably wanted to play, but he probably said, you know what, man, listen, we ain't going to feed this sports talk narrative. We're going to let them think what they want to think. We're going to have you sit to this for this game and possibly the next and when you're ready to play, they'll see you in the lineup. And that, that's, that's all it is, man. All the other stuff that they talking is nonsense. <laughs> Mentally weak, if he don't play against this game. Man, get out of here. Crime your river with your sports narrative. But other than that, guys, I'm out of here. I appreciate it, as always. And, you know, I'll be back to bring the heat. Other than that. You have a blessed day.